Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Right now, though, from the Third and Five podcast, it is host Simon Hampton. G'day, Simon. How you doing? G'day, Ricardo. Doing well. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. I know. I know that you're in the um, in the heart of of Brooklyn, and, and you're in Nets territory. I, I I did get a uh, reaction from your Twitter. Well, from the Third and uh, Five podcast uh, Twitter handle when I posted last week that uh, the Brooklyn Nets are just the New York Lakers. Um, has has your opinion changed any? Because it is looking more and more like a dumpster fire, isn't it? KD for LeBron. One guy making rubbish calls on the lineup for another. I mean, you know, the coach getting blamed when he's not able to coach. Uh, you know, there's a lot of parallels. Oh yeah, when it's your own team, though, you sort of you try and convince yourself otherwise. But um, it is. It's a bit of a dumpster fire. It's just controversy after after controversy with this team. And you know, we've had Kyrie Irving's um, sharing that that movie uh, the other day, and then Steve Nash getting fired, and then you know. The team sort of voluntarily walking themselves into another controversy with the uh, the coach they're expected to hire to mm. replace Nash, Ime Udoka, who's currently suspended uh, by the Boston Celtics for an inappropriate relationship with a female subordinate up in, in Boston. So um, it is just controversy after controversy. I, I, I sort of... You know, I'm really worried about this team because I don't think Steve Nash was necessarily the right coach to, to take this team forward. But I also don't think the um, blame lands entirely at Steve Nash's feet. I think there's just this dysfunctional rot that runs so deep in this franchise at the moment that I don't think the coach that they bring in, if it is Udoka, if it is someone else, is, is going to be able to turn this around and, and turn them into this sort of team that, you know, they, they talked about a few years ago, which was one that would, you know, perennially compete for championships. I think they're just so far off that these days. Yeah, they are. I mean, the the question we've been kicking around is how long does Sean Marks have? Because it's probably, you know, it's easier to sack the coach than it is the star player. Uh, and I think the GM is, is in now, he's the next uh, man in the firing line, isn't he? I, I think he is. I think there's... Um you know, he's he sort of managed to avoid the the blame a lot of the way through. Maybe that's you know partly the, the fact that Curry Irving's such a, a high profile character, and he's sort of taken a lot of the the heat. But you do have to look at some of these decisions, and and, and you've got to admire the way Sean Marks rebuilt this franchise to a point where they could sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But there's been some questionable decisions uh, throughout that. They they signed DeAndre Jordan to a, a four year forty million dollar deal. Um, because KD and Kyrie wanted that, and, and that turned out to be an awful contract, and, and they released him not long after. Uh, they they traded so many pieces and so many draft picks for James Harden, which turned out to be a disaster as well. Um, and, and the Ben Simmons return for Harden to go to Philadelphia doesn't seem to be going well. Simmons is injured again, and there's reports that that you know there's there's some trade talks going on potentially with with Ben Simmons already. So 
Yeah, I think at some point this is going to land at Sean Marks' feet. And I do wonder if the hiring of Ime Udoka also shows how desperate Sean Marks is. You know, this is Udoka's a guy that's close with Kevin Durant. He's worked with the Brooklyn Nets team before. Uh, he's a familiar face around the team. And I think this is kind of the last last throw of the dice for, for this roster. And if it doesn't work with Ime Udoka and, and potentially, you know, as soon as the NBA trade deadline, I think you could see some significant change at this organization. I think that could start at, at Sean Marks' level in the general manager's office. And I think it could mean, um, you know, they, they sort of talk about tearing down this team and, and um, you know, the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving trade talks start to, to happen again. Because I, I think if, if, if a new coach can, comes in and he can't get things going with this team, then, it, then it's pretty clear that I, I just don't think this is going to work and, and they probably need to start again. As a coach with as much baggage as the players, the answer? Um, I mean, in a funny way, it might be. It might be, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? And, um, you know, Ime Udoka, you know, in isolation is just a basketball coach by all accounts is a tremendous basketball coach and and he outcoached Steve Nash in the the uh, playoffs last year when the Celtics beat the Nets 4-0 outcoached him considerably uh, Boston were, were tactically far superior than the Nets there but there is a lot of baggage there and and, and you, you know it is another distraction for this Nets team and and you've got to sort of question the the ethics of of, of going after a guy and and, um, and bringing him in but, you know, having said that from a purely basketball point of view, you know, maybe it's it's the answer to, to turn things around. Maybe um, a guy like Udoka, who, who by all accounts is, is kind of a, a black and white coach, he, he's, you know, you're in or you're not with him. Maybe that's, you know, what guys like Kyrie Irving need to, to straighten out a bit. Yeah, I mean... The, there are so many things to, to pick apart here, but I'm going to I'm going to go to Ben Simmons. Uh, he's probably not the biggest problem that they have, but man, he is a problem. Um, I mean, the bloke doesn't want to shoot the ball, and if he splits a fingernail, he doesn't want to play a game. Um, his attitude seems to, yeah. to stink the place out. I mean, you know, to be honest, it's, where he's at at the moment, I don't even think the Breakers would want to sign him for the NBL. You'd just be like, oh, guys, the guy's hopeless. He's not going to play for us anyway. He's just going to mope around the court and do nothing. Yeah, it's just super frustrating. And you wonder what sort of effect that has on the other players on the team as well because, you know, they have to constantly talk about Ben Simmons and is he going to play and, and sort of build him up in the media and build this guy up like he's, you know, the three-time All-Star and the, you know, Defensive Player of the Year candidate that he, that he was in his um, in earlier days. But, you know, at some point the guy's got to deliver. And to be fair to him, like he has looked decent on defense and he certainly helped the Nets in, in the couple of games that he's played so far on defense. But my goodness, when he's got the ball on offense, it's like, um, you know, rabbit in the headlights. Like he, he genuinely, I've never seen sort of, you know, an NBA player um, of, of his stature just looks so scared and uncertain and lacking in confidence on offense. And he, he looks like, you know, when he's got the ball down that end of the court, he just can't wait to get rid of it. And, and um, you know, I don't know if that confidence comes back or, or, or how to extract that, but yeah, you're right. And now he's he's out with knee soreness. It sounds like he's he's going to miss you know more than a couple of games. I think the Nets are off, off on a road trip for a, three or four games, and I think don't think he's he's going to appear on any of those games um, by all accounts. So uh, it, it is it's just frustrating, isn't it? It's it's um, well, I guess if you if you're not a Nets fan, maybe it's um, you know it's it's sort of the gift that keeps on giving. But but when you're trying to watch a team, um, you know your local team compete, it's uh, it's pretty frustrating.
Hey, uh, Simon here is producing Logan. I, I got a question for you around uh, Ben Simmons. Of course, you know, we talk about him not willing to shoot the ball. We've seen clips of Kyrie Irving yelling on the court, shoot it, Ben. And then, of course, he just palms the ball off. Like you say, deer in the headlights. We've had Shane Heal on the show before saying he clearly hasn't worked on a shot uh in all this time away from the court, how much pressure do you think that is putting on the rest of the team to perform at that end? Yeah, it's a lot. Um, honestly, though, I don't think the Nets are, are you know short on shooters. At, at full strength, they should be pretty good from um, you know shooting wise. They've got Durant and Irving, obviously two of the best best around, um, and they've got Royce O'Neal, uh, Steph Curry, who's currently injured, Joe Harris, who's, who's working his way back from a, a long-term injury as well. So they're actually pretty, um, not necessarily short on shooters, but they do need Ben Simmons to be able to be something of a threat, um, you know, shooting-wise. I think they need, you know, or else he just becomes so much easier to defend down there into the court, and you don't really need to defend him. So um, I, I don't know necessarily if it's if it's a fact of him not, not working on it or, or anything like that. I just think um, the confidence is so low, and I, I think he's he's potentially worried about you know missing missing easy shots and 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 causing sort of you know further backlash on on social media and and, and uproar that way and and sort of you know becoming a bit of a laughing stock. So I think he's he's he sort of looks like he's a player that just doesn't want to stuff up and he doesn't want to make a mistake stake on the offensive end of the court, and he kind of just needs to to have that confidence I think to just back himself and and know that you know you're going to miss the odd one. Look, Kevin Durant. You know, misses a bunch. Kyrie Irving scored four points last night um, on two for twelve shooting. So, um, you know, you'll you'll have some bad days and, and you'll have some good days, but but sort of you just got to back yourself. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I, I think that's that's fair. But he just doesn't seem to want to do it. And he, to be honest, I don't think no. he enjoys playing. He he does not look like an uh, a, a player that actually enjoys the sport that he is a professional at. You know, which is it's a bit of a head scratcher for me, mate. Hey, let's let's move on. Let's talk uh, World Series. Uh, of course, the Phillies got it done seven zip um, in Game Three. They go again today. Uh, what chance do you reckon that they head to Houston at three and one? I think they're in a pretty good spot now. Now the Phillies, I think that is a, a huge victory last night. Seven nothing, bashing four homers, keeping the Astros scoreless. Uh, you know they didn't have either of their top two pitchers on the mound, Aaron Nola or um, Zach Wheeler. Aaron Nola's going tonight. Um, they've got two more games in a row at home in in Philadelphia. I think. Um, I think. You know, for them to win that first home game just just gives the crowd uh, down there a, a huge shot in the arm. I think it's going to be a really tough place for for Houston to win um, either of the next two matches. And you know, when they can trot out one of their, their best pitchers tonight, Aaron Nola, I think you know Philadelphia is in a really good spot. I I, I think um, you know I think every time in a best of seven series, the team that's up two one is probably the favourite. But I think here yeah, Philadelphia are a really good chance. And, and going into this series, I thought Houston were were the clear favourites. But um, Philly have just turned it around. They have, are a team that's just ridden momentum down the back half of the season into the playoffs. And um, it's sort of like potentially the fairy tale uh, season that that may have a fairy tale ending. Yeah, well, it's looking very much that way. Uh, especially, yeah, as you say, sorry, I thought they I thought they played two and then went back to Houston. But if they've got three on the bounce in Philly, um, and what happened the yeah. other night, it's hard to see Houston getting back in there and they could close it out without having to go back to Texas, which would be uh, fantastic. Uh, we, we saw in Game One Justin Verlander look a shadow of his former self. Um, surely he won't be there next year. The, the Astros will trade. Him to, I don't know, somebody uh, with a rubbish roster that uh, wants to sell some jerseys. Yeah, well, maybe you'll come to New York. Um, 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, Verlander's Verlander's a yeah. He's he's um phenomenal player, but my goodness, he's, his his postseason numbers this year are, are dreadful, aren't they? Um, he's um no. I think he'll be back in Houston. I think they they have a pretty good relationship there. But um, you know, you 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 know, the stars haven't really shown up for Houston in this World Series. They've, you know, we heard a lot about Jordan Alvarez, the the slugging left-hander uh, early in the postseason, particularly in that series against Seattle. But since then, he he hasn't really done a lot. Jose Altuve has been very quiet for Houston, um, leading off for them. And so they haven't really been able to get the big offensive um, production from their lineup. And, and they've relied on their pitching, really, throughout. And, and um, I know Verland has struggled, but, you know, the guys beyond that have been really good. And then so, you know, when it doesn't come off like last night, it, it got pretty ugly and, and they lose 7-0. So, um, you know, they either need sort of, you know, some of those stars to, to pick things up uh, with their bats over the next couple of days or, or they're going to have to really rely on, on their pitching. And I think Justin Verland is due to go in game five. So um, it could well be an elimination game where, where Verland is pitching for the Astros. Yeah, which is going to be interesting, mate. Hey, away from the World Series, uh, the Yankees, you mentioned uh, New York before. This is where you're based. Um, big questions for them in this offseason. And, of course, Aaron Boone, Aaron Judge, futures uh, sort of up in the air at the moment. Any any word on what's happening there? Yeah, so it sounds like that Aaron Boone will be back. He's He's got a contract for next year, and I don't think uh, they're going to sack him. General manager Brian Cashman's off contract, but it, it sounds like he's been there for for twenty odd years, and I think the Yankees are are going to bring him back. Aaron Judge is going to be an interesting one. He, you know, of course, you know, turned down a, a two hundred and thirty odd million dollar extension just before the season, and then came out and had one of the best seasons in in recent baseball history, and added added a fair few more dollars to his uh, his contract and free agency. I think ultimately the Yankees do bring him back. I think uh, his value to the franchise is just enormous. He sells so many jerseys. He's he's the face of the team, face of you know baseball actually at the moment. And I think he probably also wants to remain a Yankee and, and to be one of those guys like Derek Jeter that, that played their whole career in pinstripes. And I think he'll, he'll certainly try and extract as much money as he can from them and 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 do that and potentially play a few other teams often, but I do think he will remain at the Yankees. But yeah, I mean, they've, they've got to change. Like they, you know, on the face of it, they had a pretty good set season. They, they finished in the last four, made it to the ALCS, of course, were well beaten by Houston, but their roster is, is showing signs of age and, and there's quite a few holes in that roster. And um, for a team with the expectations of the Yankees, I, I do think they're going to need to make some changes because it does, has seemed like for the past few years that every year they've fallen short, there's been you know the same reason that they've fallen short. And that's that you know that they've had a big home run heavy hitting lineup that hasn't hit home runs you know when it matters and, and you know they've gone cold when it matters. So potentially um, you know rejigging that lineup a bit to, to create a bit more diversity and uh, balance things out a bit, I think, will be the focus this off-season. Yeah, yeah, all right. We'll have to see what they do there, mate. Let's talk uh, NFL. Um, interesting to see, uh, with the trade deadline uh, gone, um, who has won that? It kind of feels to me like, at the moment, probably the Baltimore Ravens come out of that the best, didn't they? Baltimore's in a, in a good spot, for sure. I, I um, You know, they're... they're Baltimore's a great team when they're on, but they are certainly a team that, that is, a, is a little bit up and down, a bit hot and cold. Um, but I, I certainly like Demar Jackson when, he, when he's on to you know, work really well. One of the teams I really like is, is the Miami Dolphins. Um, they've had a Bradley Chubb, um, elite defensive player from, from the Broncos. Uh, they you know, added Jeff Wilson, the, the running back from San Francisco that filled in for a while and, and was redundant there after 
they they brought in Christian McCaffrey. But I, I think the Dolphins, they're five and three at the moment, obviously in a tough division with, with the Bills there. But uh, the Dolphins, whenever Tua Tagovailoa has been fit and healthy and firing, they've looked really good. And, and they've got some great offensive weapons and Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddell. Um, and, and they're really strong. And when they boost that defense, I, I think they're, they're a real chance to, you know, Tua can stay healthy throughout the rest of the season, uh, that they're a real chance to, to go for it. And I think going all in is really exciting to see for, for them. Um, one other team I like are the Vikings. They're 6-1 and one to start the year. I don't think it's been a, a completely convincing 6-1. and one. Uh, I think they've looked a bit scratchy at times, but bringing in a very good tight end and TJ Hawkinson from, from Detroit is, is a really good move for them. Diversifies their offense a little bit and, and, and potentially takes a bit of the pressure off Justin Jefferson, the, the star wide receiver out there to produce. And so I think they'll be um, there or thereabouts and, and, and certainly win that division. And so, I th- yeah, I'd say the Dolphins and the Vikings, um, two really strong teams to come out of that trade deadline. Uh, what about Hines going to the Bills? I mean, he's a, he's really a running back, but he, he can he can receive as well. I mean, it just gives him another piece, doesn't it? I mean, and that, and because they're another team that have been looking very very good in the AFC. Yeah, it just you know, the Bills are just such a hard team to defend because you've you've got Josh Allen, who's obviously an elite quarterback, but he's also kind of like a running back himself. Uh, the amount of times he he runs the ball. Um, yeah, Hines Hines, I think, is a great running back for them. Um, and, and then you've got Stefan Diggs and, and, and Gabe Davis who, who can you know pull off big plays as well. So tons of options up there. The defense as well is, is, is very good. So I think the Bills are, are probably Super Bowl favorite for me. I think think they're um, they're, they're in great shape. And, and, and adding a guy like Hines who, who didn't cost them a, a ton, I don't think, um, makes them makes them just that much more of a of a um, of a challenge for other teams, and, and I'm looking forward to, to the Bills playing the Dolphins at, at some point. Um, I think they're playing towards the end of the season, so so it could be a, an exciting matchup. But I, I think the Bills now are, are certainly locked on uh, Super Bowl favourites for me. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, they're looking very, very good. And uh, we should talk. Uh, I think last time we talked, I asked you this, and uh, probably throughout the season that that talk is going to continue, particularly with the form both teams are in. A um, couple of well-renowned quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady that whose careers seem to be going south at a rapid rate of knots. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's you know you sort of uh, I've been watching this season just sort of thinking oh well you know they'll they'll figure it out eventually they'll figure it out eventually and and they'll be fine the NFC is not too competitive and and you know but I just you know as each week goes past I just lose confidence in, in both of them and I think you know starting off with the Packers for me I was just so such a surprise that they didn't go out and get any. Um, receivers to to help Aaron Rodgers. Their, their receiving core is is very banged up and and not very strong. <clears throat> it sounded like they offered the Steelers the same package for Chase Claypool, but the Steelers took the Bears offer because they they thought the Bears draft pick would be be higher, so they missed out on Chase Claypool there. But I think the Packers are, are pretty buried at three and five. They're they're obviously not winning the division with the Vikings there at six and one. And I'm starting to wonder if they, they even make the playoffs because they look very, very unconvincing um, as well. I think the Bucks are, are probably in a slightly better position, I, I think, um, and that's partly due to the fact that the NFC South is just not as strong. The Bucks are, are three and five with the Falcons at, at four and four above them. I think the Bucks will probably still win that division, but it's the same sort of thing. It just seems like Brady's not really clicking with his guys. Every time you watch him out there, he just looks super frustrated um, with his O-line, with his receivers, with, with, with kind of everything. And, and I know it's been a, a tough time for Tom Brady, obviously, with his off-field stuff. But 
Um, yeah, you do have to wonder if, if maybe things are, are catching up to Tom Brady at age 45. So um, I I think the Bucks will figure it out and, and make it find a way to the playoffs. I don't think they're going to go too far in the playoffs, but I think the Bucks will, will sneak in, and I think the Packers um, are, are probably done for the year. Yeah, good stuff. All right, mate. Uh, and finally, Simon, the uh, Washington Commanders look like uh, they're up for sale. It's uh, another set of unscrupulous owners, should we say, that the NFL will be glad to see the back of? Yeah, yeah, they will be. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like, you know, there's always always controversies with these owners, isn't there? And so um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who comes in there. I know it's always tough to, to bring in new owners to the NFL because I think they have to have approval from the, from all of the other owners. So they, they tend to sort of bring in their own people. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's, it's you know, there's, there's a fair bit of public pressure on them to, to – uh, change the ownership there and so I think that's a, a good result that, that we're seeing change there. Yeah, I think so as well mate I think so and then once they've got the uh, once they've got the commanders sold they can concentrate on getting the Dolphins sold uh, maybe next season. We'll, we'll, <laughs> that's right. We'll go, we'll, go through, we'll go through the ringer on that. Hey, good stuff Simon, thanks very much for your time mate, go well and uh, keep up the good work on the 3rd and 5 podcast eh? Thanks Ricardo mate, we'll talk soon. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.